This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm crazy grateful for all of you who subscribe, share, and leave reviews. If this is your first time, welcome to the Elevate community. Like our home church, Living Word, I and the Elevate leaders work as hard as we can to build an atmosphere of love to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. It would mean the world to us if you helped us get the word out by sharing this episode on social media. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate, visit us at iloveelevate.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for everything you do, which brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. There's always room to go get pancakes. So tonight is one of the most fun nights, like I said, because we kind of get to laugh at ourselves. We're going to discuss the differences between men and women. And just to kick things off, I'm going to discuss quickly 17 things that make it great to be a girl and 17 things that make it great to be a guy. Are you ready for this? And if you agree, give me a shout out for your your gender, all right? So you all want to do guys or girls first? All right, sweet, sweet. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Number one, anything a guy can do, a girl can do cuter. Girls can get away with stuff many times through crying. Oh, nice. They're really proud of themselves for that. All right. Girls don't have to pay on dates. They smell better, mature faster, live longer, and have lower driver's insurance, which makes no sense to me. They often have better handwriting. They have more discount racks at stores. Shout out to the shoppers. When they fart in public, they don't get blamed for it. Lucky. They're more experienced in communication and emotion. They can carry more stuff because of purses. Sort of jealous of that. They get to experience the emotional release of a good cry without feeling awkward. They're very aware of social cues. Two words, yoga, pants. I don't know if I should be excited about that or not, but I kind of want to try on Jackie sometime. They also, this is probably my favorite, they get first dibs in the lifeboat when your cruise liner sinks. I guess that's great. And in all seriousness, they get to receive the blessing to perhaps grow a human someday. Shout out to women. 17 reasons it's great to be a guy. A five-day vacation only requires one suitcase. We can open all our own jars. Thank you very much. We can go to the bathroom without a support group. If someone else shows up wearing the exact same thing, we might become best friends. Ooh, everything on our face stays the original color. Shots fired. Every life principle can be simplified to a sports analogy. We can cut our nails with a pocket knife. If we get into a fight, it usually makes us fast friends. We can carry an entire conversation through grunting. Huh? I love this one. We can write our name in the snow with P. (laughs) We have the ability to hold a 30-second or less conversation. Our friends will still talk to us if we forget their birthday. We never have a line to the public bathroom. Our dress shoes don't blister, cut, or mangle our feet. We can be ready and out of the house in five minutes. We don't have to sit on public toilet seats. So glad about that. COVID compassion. And we may receive the responsibility of shepherding a family someday. So shout out to guys. So I love it. 
Before moving forward, a couple of things that I want to mention. One, the whole point of this is that we delight in our differences. There's no greater, there's no worse. There is only what God has made beautiful and awesome. And we're going to celebrate some of those differences tonight. The second thing I wanted to mention is that what we're looking at in our uniqueness glorifies Christ. Because the whole point of understanding how the other is different is so that we can love them in a way that means the most to them. Jesus told us to do two things, love God and love people. And tonight I want to put an emphasis on how do we love each other? Opening question, are you willing to do whatever it takes to have the marriage you always hope for? So if we're going to study dating, if we're going to study love, the whole point of those things are to look towards a lifelong partner. And so don't even dabble or jump into the idea of romance in your life unless you're going to understand that the purpose of all of this is to wisely select someone who you'll walk the rest of your life with. So are you willing to do whatever it takes to have the marriage you always hope for? Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, 27 through 28 and verse 31. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, here's your job, man and woman. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves. And God saw that everything he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and morning the sixth day. As a side note, I just want to say it boldly that society is trying to break down gender identity. That there is no longer just male and female. But we can see right here in scripture that God created two very beautifully unique people. And right there, way down at the very DNA level of who we are, we are male or female. And for us to depart from this reality is to actually deny reality. Side note over. The first references in this verse, let's take a look at these. God received, God created man. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I want to point out where it says man and him. These need to be understood as a plural description. You go back to the Hebrew, other translations have already compensated for this. It reads better, God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. He is speaking right there. It says he created the male and female. He created them and he blessed them. There is a plurality, a two of them together are receiving the blessing or receiving his image. And if that is true, there is two truths that I need you to grab from this. And the first truth is that God created man and woman as one puzzle, but two pieces that fit together in unity. And if they fit together in unity, they do it because he placed his image on them. Whenever they work together, they reflect a clearer image of who God is. One half alone is only one part of the picture of what God is revealing. And next week we're going to dig into that, about how, how a marriage reflects who God is. The second truth is that when they work together as two halves of the same puzzle, when they have that harmony, it creates a relationship of intimacy and fulfillment that is a powerhouse team to fulfill God's command to go and dominate life. When the two work together, they become this undefeatable team to take on whatever life throws at them, to grab life by the horns and have victory over and over again because they work together. And that is the beauty of our topic tonight. So God created man and woman and gave them a single common task. Go dominate life. But he gave them different giftings, 
different unique tasks to bring to the table that are going to work together. So let's keep reading. Genesis chapter 2, 7 through 9 and 15. Here's man's task. And Yahweh God formed the man of dust from the ground. So if you're ever mad at some guy, just be like, you ain't no but dirt. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And Yahweh God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. So he put him into this garden. And Yahweh God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to do what? To work it and to keep it. He was a worker and a caretaker. Man is hardwired for a task. To see something that is incorrect, an issue, and then step in and solve a problem. He's hardwired towards it. And we'll unpack that in a few minutes. In a few minutes. So what about woman? How is she designed? Genesis 2, 18, 21 through 23. Then Yahweh God said, It is not good that this man should be alone. So God created him, but he was created lacking. There was something that was absent from him. He was not sovereign unto himself. I will make him a helper fit for him. So Yahweh God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of the ribs and closed up its place place with flesh. And the rib that Yahweh God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman because she was taken out of man. Now, first of all, I don't want you to hear the word helper and think that that is some sort of hierarchy. In Psalm 116, God calls himself a helper to us. So this isn't a matter of one is greater than the other. This is a matter of partnering together. And so woman is created as a helper companion. She is hardwired to join, to help, to connect. And that is one of the words I want you to grab onto tonight. And what happens when they work together? Genesis 2.24 gives us a definition of marriage. Man will leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they will become one flesh, one heart, one mind, one purpose, one calling, one flesh. So God gave this couple a unified mission, but he gave them unique tasks that are different from each other that when they join together, they can take on life and they can have synergy. And we're throwing out synergy. Maybe this is one of the first times you've heard it. The definition for synergy is a little confusing. It's when two or more elements combine to produce a total effect that is greater than the sum of the individual elements. As in one plus one, in synergy doesn't equal two, one plus one equals three. Think about it this way. A, a corporation that makes 10 million a year may merge with a corporation that makes 12 million a year. Not for the purpose of making 22 million a year, but together they can make 30. The two together are greater than they would be apart, even totaled up. A horse by itself can pull about 1,500 pounds. But if you put two horses together pulling, they can pull 12,500 pounds. That synergy, that is what God has, has created man and woman to do together. But so often our differences, instead of uniting us, divide us. And so my challenge for you tonight is that you will love each other, that you will love people even different from you, even the opposite gender so much that you're going to look for opportunities to understand, embrace, and cherish their differences. Now, this uniqueness isn't just a scriptural thing. It's also a physiological thing that can be studied. Is Pat Carlos here tonight? Because you can check with her and make sure I'm not, like, blowing smoke. She's not. Ah, sad. I love Pat. In the brain, we have stuff called gray matter. 
And the job of gray matter is to send electrical signals across the brain from one place to another. The more gray matter that is on the brain, the more stops the signals have to take and the more information is collected. The less gray matter, the faster the signal moves, but the less information that's collected. Imagine if we had two rows of students up here and we passed a baton across and there was just a solid row and they had to pass it every single person all the way down. But then we removed every other student and they passed it down, which would go faster. The one with less students, right? This is moving faster. Now, this doesn't determine intelligence. One is not greater than the other. It's just a matter of being different. You women have six to ten times more gray matter than we guys do. Shout out to you. You have gray matter. Lots and lots and lots of it. This is why men and women seem to function differently. So, let me begin. Girls, you are like spaghetti. Yeah, shout out to spaghetti. Now check it out. Look at this bag of spaghetti. You see that all, all of these noodles, this is the way their mind works. All of these noodles are all tangled. Every noodle seems to be touching every other noodle. It's so kind of busy in there, you can't really find a distinct end to any one noodle. It's just, it's kind of chaotic in there, right? Her brain works in a way that every thought, emotion, and issue is touching and associated, rubbing up against every other thought, emotion, and issue. It's a lot like this spaghetti. This makes her pretty good at multitasking. It makes her pretty good at remembering names. Why? Because she associates names with emotions and memories and stuff. Women are awesome. They, they hooked up a guy and a woman to this test where they were watching their brain signals. And they, they did a simple test. Do these words rhyme? And, they, and the scientist would say two words. Do they rhyme? Yes or no? And they hooked the guy up and they asked him. And they saw one half of his brain lit up. And they put the same thing on, on the girl. And they, do these words rhyme? Rot, words rhyme. Ow. Do these words rhyme? And her brain lit up on both sides. Because that gray matter is traveling all over the place with those electrical signals. Think of the difference between if you ask a girl how her day was versus if you ask a guy how his day was. You see this in reality, right? For her, this creates in her, remember Eve, her role, her job was to make that connection, to fill that void, that, that unity, right? This creates in her a desire to connect all of life together. She wants to make all these connections. She wants to take all those thoughts, emotions, issues, that's touching every thought, emotion, issue, and she wants to neatly arrange them so that they all make sense to her. It's sort of like taking these noodles and lying them all out end to end. And if she can have the opportunity to do that, if she can process through all this stuff and let all these signals land where they're supposed to land, she is going to feel at rest. She'll feel peace. Life is just a, it's a, makes a little bit more sense now. She's going to feel connected. She does this by spaghetti-ing. Yes, I'm creating a verb out of this food. She does this by spaghetti-ing. So how does she spaghetti? How does she make all of these strands all connect and neatly make sense to her? She does this through talking. Through conversation, as she's talking things out, as she's processing the world, all of these little connections start coming together seamlessly and fairly easy for her. If she's confronted, well, love you women. If she's confronted with a problem or an issue, 
She's going to have to take all those thoughts, emotions, relationships, everything, and she's going to have to draw all these connections to that problem. How does it relate to all these different things? If she could have her way, she would go through every one of those thoughts, emotions, relationships, everything, and she would experience the emotion involved with every one of them and how they relate to the problem at hand. And if she can do that, if she has that opportunity, the solution to that issue will bubble to the surface and she'll readily accept it. To ask her to jump from here's a problem to jam her through this and here's a solution is a denial to how she works. This is why sometimes they can seem it takes forever for them to make decisions, like they're indecisive, because they're trying to get through the process of spaghettiing. She's working through all those different thoughts and emotions and how they relate to the issue at hand. And if she doesn't have the chance to spaghetti out this problem, it will feel like there's a little layer of stress in the rest of the day for her. She needs to spaghetti. Guys, dudes in here, I'm about to pitch you gold. I'm going to help you understand just a little bit the complex infrastructure of the female mind. Please listen now. Stop wanting the girls in your lives, when they're talking, to cut out the fluff and get to the point. Guys, the fluff is the point for her. I'm telling you, grab a hold of this. Grab a hold of this. I'm telling you, this is so important. If you will let her spaghetti, if you'll let her work out all of these things, at the end of that, you will be the hero and she'll go like this. (sighs) No one understands me the way you do. And I'm telling you, guys, you may not be tan, you may not have abs or whatever. After these girls get past their immaturity and they start looking for a real relationship in their life, they're going to look for a guy that makes them feel like that. So guys, the fluff is the point. Let her spaghetti. Conclusion, this beautiful, incredible creature called woman is hardwired to unite, and she likes to be an emotional anchor, a helper, and she likes to see the wider picture of how things connect. All right, dudes, we are like waffles. Yeah! Breakfast food. Can't argue with that. Notice, are most of my guys over here? Yeah. Oh, what's up? Thank you, thank you. Notice how this waffle is divided up into individual squares with walls. Have you ever poured syrup on a waffle and you see syrup fill some squares but not others? It annoys me so much. I'm like, every square has to have an even amount of syrup. Thank you very much. This is the way guys will function. A guy's brain, because of having a lot less gray matter, works by organizing and compartmentalizing our emotions, issues, thoughts, and stuff into individual boxes. We have issue number one goes in box number one. Issue number two goes in box number two. And issue number three goes in where? Absolutely. And you know what? A guy, ladies, listen, I'm telling you, this is going to help you in the future. And a guy does not want to move from box one to two until he's resolved and dealt with box number one. Until he can close it and go, good, it's done, I can finally move into box number two. And the reality is, if we are forced to break out of this box, to kick down the wall and to get into box two, three, seven, and 19, 
it stresses us out. It adds this little layer of stress to the rest of our day. This makes it where we're not quite as good at multitasking as you guys are, but we come to decisions pretty fast. Now, your decisions are going to have a lot more content involved. Our decisions are going to be quick. What do you want to eat tonight there? I want burger, I want grease running down my face. Let's go. (laughs) This in guys creates a pursuit. Remember, in women, being a spaghetti head creates a pursuit to connect life together. For us guys, it creates a pursuit to problem solve, to take on a task, enter a box, size up the situation, come up with a solution, apply solution, and when it's done, we can move on to the next box. A guy will feel accomplished when he has solved his task. He feels successful. A woman is pursuing feeling connected. A guy is pursuing feeling that success. And our world is a little less stressful, a little more at peace. We feel more relaxed. Everything's just a little bit better if we feel that we have been able to close some boxes. But these boxes have walls. You have to understand this. And we, we hate leaving a box unresolved. It really eats at us. And you'll, this is why... Have you ever seen maybe your mom and dad, maybe she calls him at work and he picks up and he's like, hello. And she starts talking and she just wants to connect. Jackie will call me and she calls up, hi, how you doing? And she just wants to connect her day together with me. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Get to the bottom line. Why? She wants to connect. I want to figure out what is the purpose of her call so we can solve the solution and get off the phone because I'm in the box. I'm in the work box. I have a play box that's over here and I have a work box that's over here and I have a family box over here and I've got dozens and dozens of boxes. That's the way we function. It's interesting that a guy will find a category of boxes that he feels successful in. That's usually what he'll choose to be his career. If a guy cannot solve a box, I already mentioned it. We get frustrated. We feel like we failed. If I'm working on the car and I can't get this ridiculous thing to come together and Jackie's like, I really need your help with dinner and I have to leave the unresolved and I have to go to dinner, it's so hard to kick out this wall and go to another box. I really, I I do. I feel like a failure. So guys will intentionally begin to avoid boxes. They'll procrastinate. They'll put off boxes that they feel that they can't win in, that they feel are confusing. We'll avoid those boxes. Guys, I need you to pay attention. This is lifelong information right here. Because of that pursuit of success and that feeling of failure when we can't do it, If we as guys feel successful in our career or maybe successful in a hobby, but we feel like our marriage is struggling or we're not very good with our kids, that is when a guy will begin to spend more time at work or more time with the car he's working on or at golf or whatever is because these are the boxes that he feels successful in and he doesn't feel successful over here. And if we don't have the discipline to recognize that, we will fall into letting very important things slip away. So how does a guy, if a woman recharges through conversation, how does a guy recharge? He recharges, and I know this is going to be really strange to you girls, but he recharges by spending time in an empty box. No. It's empty. There's no words. There's no emotions. There's nothing happening here. And inevitably... A woman, especially, like, wait, just wait till it happens. It's going to be so true. Whenever you're with your wife, girlfriend, whatever, she's going to see you in an empty box, and she will inevitably say to herself, he looks so peaceful. 
now is the perfect time to start a conversation and connect. And what did she say? What you thinking about? And he's in an empty box. He has no words. He's like, uh, and he's searching other boxes for words, and there are no words anywhere around him. And inevitably, he says something stupid because he has no words. And, he, <laughs> and then what happens? Because he had no words to offer, she feels that he doesn't want to connect with her, and she gets frustrated. And because he can't appease her, he feels like a failure. So we have tension on both sides. Man, no wonder we clash. Ladies, I'm going to give you gold. Give him a chance to turn his brain off. Accept that silence is not a bad thing. Look, I get it. For girls, if you're not talking to someone, you're frustrated with them. Why? Because you're wired to connect. So you're, if you're going to be talking, if you care about them. So if you're frustrated, then what are you going to do? You're going to stop talking. Remember, a guy is a problem solver. If he doesn't feel there's a problem between the two of you, he doesn't have a purpose to talk. If he is quiet, he is at peace with you. It's backwards. Girls, I'm pitching you gold here. This is good stuff to remember. There's going to there's be this time when you're on the couch, at the table, in the car, whatever, and he's quiet. Do this for him. Give him this moment. You don't have to fill the air with words. Because he is at peace. And if you'll give him this time, there's a, a great example in one of the marriage books that I read for this series. And it talked about this fiance, and she just couldn't connect emotionally with the, the guy that she's about to marry. And he loved working on the car. He always spent time in the garage. So one day she just went out and spent time in the garage with him. And she didn't talk. She just was with him. And she'd help if he needed it or whatever. And she just was quiet. And after a while, he started engaging her in conversation. He started bringing up the issues that she'd been wanting to talk about all this time. And her conclusion at the end of the story was, I'm never leaving the garage again. If you'll give him this chance, let him rest in an empty box. I promise at the end of this, you get to be the hero and go like this. I just love being with you. Isn't that your goal anyway? Conclusion. This handsome, incredible creature called man is hardwired to problem solve. He likes to make decisions and see tasks accomplished. The biggest tension here, listen, the biggest tension here is whenever we think that the other communicates, feels, and thinks just like we do. When we're guys going, why can't she just be like me? And and girls are going, why can't he just relate to what I'm talking about? And we're so busy trying to convert the other person to be like us that we're not empathetically loving them enough to try to understand where they're coming from. Guys, your mom doesn't think like you do. Girls, your brother doesn't think like you do. Your teachers, bosses, friends of the opposite sex do not think, relate the way you do. We can give, we can be dynamic if we'll give up clashing over our differences. We're never going to fully understand each other. We can't be in each other's brains. But let's not just tolerate each other. Let's lovingly and patiently embrace our differences. How can two people so different work together in synergy? There's a book that I'm pulling from. It's called Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. It's a great book. It revolutionized mine and Jackie's marriage. We had words to use. She can call me and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm in a box. Can I call you right back? And she knows what I'm talking about. It's great. 
It, this book covers how waffles and spaghetti can work together in, in marriage, in money, in sex, in raising children. It covers all those things. But tonight I do want to give you one really applicable thing, and that is how we communicate to each other. Remember, a guy is a problem solver. He begins a conversation with the purpose of addressing an issue. If there's no issue, you really don't feel a reason to talk. She, you girls, you're a companion. You begin a conversation to connect with someone and everything in your world to that person. As long as you care for someone, you want to be talking with them. So let's throw out an example. This is how we clash. Watch this. A girl says, I'm feeling overwhelmed. What is she saying? She's saying, I want to spaghetti my thoughts and my issues. Remember, the fluff is the point. What is he here? She's giving me a task to fix. Right? I have a problem to be solved. So both sides, if they default to their natural hardwiring, she's going to get frustrated because he keeps interrupting her, trying to fix everything that she says and fix her too. It's like every time she tries to hold up two noodles to put them together, he snatches it and tries to jam it into a box. And then he becomes frustrated because he feels like there's no point to this thing. There's no specific issue. Every time he tries to address one of the issues that he feels she offered him, she just moves on before it's resolved. And so they both get frustrated. Flip the script. What if the guy opens up and he says, I've got a problem that I'm dealing with? What's he saying? He's saying... Here's a problem. Here's a box that I want to resolve. What does she hear? She hears, I want to connect everything related and unrelated to this issue at hand. So both default to their natural hardwiring, and we do it all over again. So in both of these scenarios, she's trying to kick down his walls, and he's cramming her spaghetti into squares. How can we communicate in a way that he feels that he can resolve boxes, and she feels that she can connect her world together? Let's go to scripture. Philippians 2, 1 through 4. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, I love these words that he's using. Comfort, participation, affection, sympathy. They're so perfect for this series. Complete my joy by being of the same mind. Having the same love. You hear that one fleshness? Being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. What is he saying? He's saying this between all relationships, not just romantic ones. He's saying in every way that we can, put others over ourselves. Choose them. Be selfless. Look for ways to bless them. And that's what I'd like you guys to do tonight to be selfless and put the others first by communicating in taking turns. Guys, I would like you guys to build a listening box. You have succeeded in your box if you get to the end of her spaghetti. Are you following me? When she begins the conversation or it's your turn to listen, approach the conversation. Guys, listen up. Approach the conversation like you are going on a journey. You're going to travel with her all over different places. And you know what? It doesn't even matter if you follow everything. It doesn't matter if you have the same emotions or feelings. Just lock in as much as you can. Smile and nod. Travel with her. Have a journey box to travel. Don't try to fix anything that she talks about unless she asks you to. And even then, most of the time, she doesn't want you to. Travel. Girls, 
I love you. And we say this with all kindness and gentleness. Focus. When he starts a conversation or it's your turn to listen, allow him to stay on one subject until he feels like it's resolved and he changes boxes. Approach the conversation like you're camping. You're going to camp with him. You're going to hang out because when he brings something up, he actually intends to talk about that thing for a little while. He needs to stay on track to evaluate, to come to closure before he changes subjects. Resist the urge to address all the things that you see that are attached to what he's talking about. When you do that, it's like you open up a thousand web browsers in his brain at the same time. He's going to get overwhelmed and he's going to shut down. All right, everybody in this room, if we do not love each other like this, guys, she will get frustrated because you won't address and feel the surrounding issues to something. Girls, he will get frustrated because you never stay on one point long enough to resolve anything. Disclaimer. There's a sliding grace scale in all of this. Of course, girls can problem solve, and they do it great. And of course, guys can engage in an emotional conversation, and they can do it great. And we all have room for growing. This isn't like black and white, polarized anything. This is just how, when we deal with issues, we tend to lean one way or the other. We tend to default to the way we're just sort of made. Recap. God created us unique with different gifts for the purpose of synergy. He created women to connect, to feel at peace when she has the opportunity to connect her world together. Men are designed to complete a task. He feels successful when he can solve a problem and move on. Our greatest tension is when we treat the other as if they operate just like us. And we can bridge this gap of communication if we guys will travel in conversation and you girls will camp in conversation. Future husbands, if you'll work together with your wife, you will solve problems with more consideration and with all the factors considered. Future wives, if you will work together with your husbands, you will have a healthy relationship that is going somewhere because of your husbands. You don't have to understand each other. I challenge you to just put each other first. Philippians 2, be in full accord and of one mind. In humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of the opposite sex as well. So my challenge for this week, you're going to have lots of opportunities This isn't just applying to marriage or dating or anything. This is interacting with the opposite sex all the time. My challenge for this week is look for two opportunities tomorrow. Guys, to travel whenever a woman girl is talking. Girls, camp whenever he's talking. You follow me? Watch what happens. I'm telling you, if you begin to work this into your life, you're going to be able to relate and empathize and love better because you're meeting them on their territory instead of trying to convert them to yours. Jesus commanded us, love God and love people. May we love people for who they are and how they are. And when we work together, we will find that beautiful synergy. Heavenly Father, it is an honor and a joy to serve you. Thank you for making us so beautifully unique. Forgive us every time that we allow our selfishness to cloud our love. Forgive us when we take, not just take advantage, Lord, but when we take for granted 
each other. Let your love flow through us. Help us to remember that we're different and perfect. Jesus, may we be ministers everywhere we go in everything that we do. Thank you, Lord, for your love that you chose us and you set yourself apart to die for us. Lord, it is only right that we would choose you and set ourselves apart for you. Let us do it in the way we love. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. Thank you for listening. Episodes are recorded every Wednesday at Elevate Student Ministry. All students, 7th through 12th grades, are welcome.